really do love our theme tune, by the way. It's it's um, it, um it's fun. I'm, someday I will learn to play it. Someday that will be like <laughs> what I've been working on. Welcome everybody to Sharpen That X podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. I'm Dylan Murphy, a songwriter, singwriter, guitar apprentice uh, over here, and I'm going to pass you over to the master, John. Oh, the master. That might be a bit of a stretch. Uh, yes, John Gillen here. Um, I did I did play the, the little lick there at the beginning, so maybe someday I'll show it to you if I can remember what I played. You know how that goes. So, yeah. but anyway, yes. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is our mighty episode 14. Yes, we had a, a bit, a few technical issues uh, before getting started. My laptop is currently being repaired, so I'm literally phoning it in. But uh, very, uh, very, very happy to be here. And John, you have a bit of a bit of a nose problem. Ah, uh, yes, the nose nose. <laughs> yeah, Fight, fighting what appears to be a sinus infection, but I'm here. Sticking it out, you know. Get used to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Soldier on because, because reasons. I guess because I was going to say the fans demand it. All, yes. all fifteen yes. of them. Yes, thank you, new fans. We're we're very happy to uh, have uh, newcomers as well. New fans. Uh, yes, we're, we're very happy to have you here. Uh, so we've got a pretty packed show for you guys today. We're going to talk. We're going to we're going to try some new things. Go back to some old things. But first lick of the week so john you're actually we're going to swap again so john you are going to send me another lick of the week because of my uh laptop's ineptitude to to be with us today so uh, i'm going to listen to your lick of the week now okay okay here we go okay Okay, sweet. Um, thank you for making it easy for me this week. I really appreciate that. Uh, the last few weeks you've been making an absolute fool of me, but at least I could, could guess this. Yes. Uh, but let's point out some of the features of what, what's going on here uh, before we say who it is. Because everybody, you know, if you've been playing guitar for longer than six months, you know who this is. But we, what, what are the characteristics that make this player particularly shine in this room? I suppose it's the, the, the really fast alternate picking. Right, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. I did, so without saying the name, you know, uh, I, I did a little bit of homework just on his picking style because there is, there is some footage of him playing. But let's, you know, the other thing that's amazing about some of these scale runs that he does is he's doing a lot of this with two fingers. It's insane. So, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. You know, he, he played a lot of the, his chord passages with three, but when it came to the fast stuff, somehow he managed two fingers was kind of uh primarily which is just absolutely mind-blowing it's mind-blowing to watch it makes us really want to get our own two you know other two fingers get lost in a a crazy gypsy campfire (laughs) uh uh, the late great Django reinhardt and what's the song uh the song is night and day um it's i grabbed it off a compilation i have called airwaves it's it's like Listen to that all day. I really could, Django. It's just, it's uh, it's so easy to listen to, and until you start thinking about it, and then your brain hurts. <laughs> I remember so, when I was in a CD store before, and two people came down, and they were like, "We're organizing some kind of, you know, nineteen twenties French themed party." And I was like, "I'm not gonna ask, ask. I'm not gonna ask any questions." But here, <laughs> here's a Django Reinhardt compilation. Knock yourselves the fuck out. Right. Um, 
So, um, and they were very grateful. So clearly it worked. Uh, yeah, awesome. So we're going to be moving on to pedal talk. So we're going to be doing a continuation from, from last week, which was basically an introduction to modulation effects. Uh, we did the, the flanger. The yes. <laughs> which uh, we were both so rudely scolded about mispronunciation. Sure we're not the first. Uh, and the tremolo. And what was our last one? What was our fourth one? Uh, let's see. No, last week we did... I suppose I could look in the show notes. That, that might help. Actually, no. This is not our job. You go back and listen to last week. <laughs> we, can't be, we can't be pulling all the way. <coughs> yeah, exactly. We're sick, we're sick, we're sick of it. Literally. Literally sick of it. So, John, can you tell us what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, so today we've, we're kind of rounding it out, tremolo, vibrato, and ring modulator for these modulation effects. Now, okay, cool. um, whether or not you would consider necessarily vibrato or tremolo modulation, I think strictly speaking, they are because it modulates the tone. So, yes. um, I suppose we could throw in the whammy pedal, oh, but, that's uh, itself, I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe so, next so, some special uh special examples of that Woo, might be a fun yeah. thing to do so yeah i'd be totally game for that cool so can we start with the the tremolo because that's the one i probably know the most about okay uh, yeah so yeah the tremolo one of my favorite sounds um i recently watched an episode of and i showed it to you of um that pedal show with uh, the two guys from anderton's can't remember the names on YouTube, and they did uh, how to you know build a board for less than I think it was three hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, yeah. Budget. And one of them used one of the the small mini Moore uh, Trelecopters, and I just I I think I it's my next purchase. I've decided. Uh, just really really nice. I just love love the sound you can get from a tremolo pedal. Just the whole kind of it just adds so much. It, it's it's a nice. I, I don't know. I think it adds a nice warmth and and just enough. Uh, let's say warble to yeah. it to kind of to make it fill out a little bit you know absolutely and as it kind it, of moves in and out so using like anything from you know that that i always think of that the defining tone for me is that a bang bang you know that nancy sinatra uh, song from kill bill <laughs> right but also like tom morello is a big user of tremolo pedals yeah um and and you'll find them i mean they're they they sort of lurk in all sorts of dark corners of guitar tone. Um, To be honest, like uh, I set mine, it's almost always on when I'm on, particularly when I'm playing clean. Um, Yeah, I I dial it back quite a bit, so I don't have like a high rate on it, but it's just enough that particularly when when you're hitting big chords or you just need something to sustain, you know, you're doing little two note things that you're just trying to build and sustain. And it just, it adds a little bit of depth to that just to hang in that ambiance. Yeah. So. It's, there's, and there's so many like famous uses. One of my favorite ones, I went back, of course, sad passing of Chris Cornell. I went back and listened to the uh, Audio Slave first album. And uh, such a good album, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. But uh, that Like a Stone song. It's it's so smart what they're doing. Basically, you've got the bass playing the root notes, but then mm-hmm. you've got Morello playing notes within the chord. There's two notes per chord, but the tremolo adds so much to making it just creating so much more of an atmosphere. Of loneliness yeah. the song is about. I don't know what it is. It's just it's just such an 
ambiance, ambiance pedal. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So exactly. Moving on. So what's the difference between a tremolo and a vibrato pedal? Okay. So that's, that's a pretty good question because essentially they're easily confused. In fact, Fender is sort of guilty of making this even more confusing uh, in the early 60s because they had... Fender? I'm shaking my fist on me. Oh, yes. Ah, confound you. Yeah, because they they had vibrato, but it was actually a tremolo in it, and then they were calling their guitars had vibrato, or the the, the vibrato tailpiece, right? The, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, standard on a Strat, right? but they call them tremolo units. So uh, anyway, Fender's, Fender's kind of guilty of, of conflating the two of these, which doesn't help the rest of us. But anyway, um, basically what vibrato is, so if you think about um, vibrato on the guitar, you're moving the note up and down past its, its particular pitch, right? Yeah. So let's say you strike a C, you're bending it maybe not quite all the way up to C sharp and then back to the C rather rapidly. And it creates this kind of warbling sound. So, you know, singers do it. You can think about it when you're playing guitar. You can think about um, all all those other instances, whatever, any other stringed instrument. But anyway, what an electric... what an electronic vibrato does is recreates that sound through a pedal. And some of the early versions of this, this is crazy because it's actually a fair bit of complicated circuitry to bend this note. The early amps that had these vibrato effects in them used, generally speaking, two preamp tubes. So those fenders that had these units used up to two and a half of the 12AX7 tubes of the total five, which is kind of mind-boggling. That's, that's yeah. an awful lot of power and processing power when you think about uh, amps and tubes just to create this effect. That's mad. And it would have been like the kind of the peak time for it, though, with the whole kind of surf rock thing, right? Yeah, that's a perfect, perfect example of it. There's, there's a lot of it that comes out later Nirvana uses it. Uh, there's some great examples. It's kind of an unknown band named the Raging Honkies. So okay. this was this was Michael Landau's band. So Michael Landau is a session musician. Uh, you should look him up. He's played on loads of stuff in both Nashville and LA. He in the '90s he had this band called the Raging Honkies, and he used an awful lot of vibrato. Um, with this band. So, but vibrato is kind of a big thing to, to look out for when you're listening to some of the 90s grunge and post-grunge stuff. Cool. I will, I will definitely check it out. And moving on to our final effect is, is you, you, I, I, I've never really discussed it until we were talking before the show and uh, you sent me a few links to check it out. Uh, ring modulation. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I had a look at some of the videos and I, I hated it so much. No, I didn't hate it. I just, <laughs> I just it's like, if you want to play synth, buy a synth. Don't right. just, ah, it, was, I, I, it did nothing for me. But that's because possibly the videos that you sent me had a man dancing awkwardly with a fedora. 
uh, while playing. So that that was instantly going to be a turnoff. Yeah, it was it was pretty terrible, pretty terrible. I, I won't link it in the show notes because I'm I'm not gonna. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. But no, but it does give you some ideas, uh, and maybe maybe we can link something in there just so you can check out ring modulators. Now, ring modulators can be useful for, again, creating ambient-type sounds, but it is very synth-oriented. And essentially what it is, last week we talked about octave pedals, where it splits the sound and sort of doubles it. Here, what happens is, let's say you're, you're plugged in, it creates another sound and then it modulates both of these together so it's it's similar but what happens is the the two notes coming in um now are kind of all over the place it begins to do some really weird things with it and it it does sound very much like a synth another example of this something similar to it is uh the electroharmonics pog in micropog which is similar to an octave pedal but it incorporates some of these same features and circuitry that a ring modulator would love tones ring stinger is kind of <laughs> one of it, right one of the classic examples of this thing i think moog makes some probably as well i'm a huge fan of everything moog does because it's so well done um yeah. and it does very much have that analog synth sound to it if you feel the need for your guitar to sound like a synthesizer like Alan Holdsworth did God rest his soul then you know uh, a ring modulator might be a way to go yeah so. you know, if you're that way inclined you freak no I'm joking uh, <laughs> yeah exactly and then you can wear a fedora and yeah. use it with a looper and people can, can hate you yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to try something for our next segment of the show. Uh, we're trying something a bit different. We've been talking a lot about guitarists that we like and, you know, YouTube channels and whatever, but we're going to actually try and bring it back to actually technique and improving technique. So we're going to be starting a new series uh, for the next few weeks. I was trying to think of a name. I was trying to think like the technical side of technique or something like that. The techniques of technique. Techniques so, of technique. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to the drawing yeah. board. Yeah. But basically or feel to... free to comment or submit yeah. a suggested title, and we'll give yeah. you a shout out because absolutely the shout all, out all about the shout outs. So basically, what the series is going to do is we're going to take a simple technique and we're going to break it down into what it's best used for genres, players, etc. So we thought maybe this this week a good one to start off would be vibrato, which it's so important i remember one of my first lessons with a guitar teacher was like when you, you start playing lead just the importance of vibrato oh uh, god bless your guitar teacher for that absolutely but he he basically went on like me last week around about kirk hammett's vibrato and, uh, <laughs> i think he used Good. the term weak as piss uh so yeah uh, so, John, can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on vibrato? As oh, man, uh, I'm right there with you because it's so important. And I played, I, I played a few times with a guy who had one vibrato, and it was this, like, hyperactive sort of BB King vibrato. Didn't matter what he was playing. You know, it could have been, like, the comfortably numb solo, but he would always use this hyperactive vibrato. And it drove me nuts. Like, I never had the heart to tell him, but it just, like, 
<laughs> Dude. Vary it up a little bit, man. But it is, it's, it's tremendously important. And like I said, bless your guitar teacher for slowing you down and being like, hey, this is what it is. Because there are several different types of vibrato and it's so important that you begin to get a handle on it early. I, it is something that you can spend the rest of your life trying to perfect. And to be honest, it would not be ill spent. Oh, okay. Okay, very That's, good. So can you just give us a brief run through before we move on to players uh, besides BB King? Yeah, Kirk. Um, <laughs> uh, <like laughs> these different types of vibrato. Uh, yeah, so there's I sort of take the Steve Vai approach. There's basically three types of vibrato. There is a classical vibrato, which is just sort of rocking the finger back and forth on the fretboard. There is the rock vibrato. So this would be the typical bending the the string up and down uh, perpendicular to the fretboard. And then the last one being the circular vibrato. Now, this is not really a common one. This is one that Steve I talks a fair bit about, but it is essentially moves in a circle, if you think about it that way. So, With his hands, yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Um, his, you kind of, you move forward on the fret uh, as you're, yeah, how to put that, as as you sort of pull down and you move in, you move, you move it in a circle. That's basically the best way to put it. Cool. So maybe we should finish a little bit on, on players or just, just examples of vibrato, I suppose. BB King is probably one of the most famous ones. Yeah, exactly. So BB King's vibrato, um, you know, fantastic. And he, he definitely, I, I know I just said like he has a sort of hyperactive sound to it. But it works for what he does, and he puts it in the right place every single time. You know, yeah. so like crying effect that yeah, the, the real just emotional. I suppose he's getting real like bad yeah. Effect. And the way he does that, he sort of uses his the the first joint on his index finger as a pivot, and would sort of kick the rest of his hand out. If you watched Eric Clapton sort of early on, he did he did similar things, but. Clapton kind of develops uh, a little more subtlety in his vibrato. Uh, I mentioned David Gilmore. Yeah. There's a great example of someone who can use it well. And there's, there's a depth of expression, I think, in David Gilmore's vibrato. And, yeah. and then players, when... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Two players that I think of. Um, a friend of mine said that he went to, see, uh, went to see Buddy Guy at a festival a few years ago. And he said that he could watch Buddy Guy play... This is a guitar player friend of mine. He said he could watch Buddy Guy play one note for like an hour. Just, like, <laughs> uh, just the amount of, because it can have this level of depth, you know, that can be, you know. Absolutely. Really, yeah. And, and another one is for me, it's, it's Angus Young. Um, just his vibrato is insane. Just the, like the, the start of the Let There Be Rock solo where he's just like, just shaking all the notes. That he's, oh, it's so good. Right. Uh, just every, yeah, so good. Uh, that would be people to check out if you, if you don't know uh, any good vibrato players because it's really important to kind of listen to the masters. It is. Yeah. It is. And well, and then like I said, Steve Vine is circular vibrato. And I spent some time with that and it's, it's, a, it's a different technique in it, but it really it does create a very different sound. So my recommendation is anyone who's practicing vibrato, take the time to learn the different types, to see how they sound, see what it sounds like when you play it fast, when you play it slow, 
when you use a wide spance, in other words, you know, when you're varying the note a lot versus a little, because there's so much there in the expression, so many different ways you can communicate it. Think like, think purple haze. This is something I do with my students whenever we start talking about vibrato. It's purple haze. Let's play the intro to that. Some of them know it, some of them don't, but you know, you will at the end of it. But once you get, once you get through it, you realize that what makes Hendrix sound like Hendrix in there is the vibrato. He just attacks it like he's wearing a pair of 20-pound boots and he's stamping onto the stage and he's letting you know he's here. Like, that's... He just attacks that guitar. Cool, cool. But if, if you change it up and you add, like, a classical vibrato to it, you play it at the same speed, you play it with everything else, and then the whole thing just changes. The whole attitude of that opening lick changes. Wow. So um, things like that, you know, anytime you're playing, playing a solo or something, you know, check out what, is, what does it sound like with a different vibrato. So. Wow. Well, I think that's, that's a good, good intro to people who aren't. Or maybe if you are very well versed on vibrato, maybe you got something out of that. Maybe we all learn something. I know. Oh, I yeah. That's the plan, anyway. Absolutely. So, John, what you been working on? So this week it's been kind of busy, but I have I've sort of sat down and just kind of taken the time to to play around a little bit with just some chord voicings and and triads. So even even just your normal major chords and just kind of see. All right, if I just played it on the middle three strings or the top three strings, any particular chord progression, okay. how does that sound? And and then sort of do a little improv over it. So a little bit of work with the scales and chords, but I think it's I think it's always a good idea to kind of just go back and be like, okay, where else can I play a particular chord progression, even if it's simple, you know, one, four, six, five, something like that, cool. and just see what you can do with it. What about yourself? I have been uh, my my beloved grandmother got me uh, this month's copy of Guitar Techniques. Oh man, I love that magazine. So good, uh, and it's all about blues turnarounds uh, this month. So I have been basically oh. taking uh, different examples. I take uh, they because they have them based on players, you know. So I I okay. take one is um, a Peter Green style. I basically been trying to learn a lick a day. That's kind of how I'm going right now. Cool. Uh, so how I've been doing is hit is i'll wake up in the morning and i'll have my, my coffee and whatever and i'll sit down with the lick and it's only like four bars or whatever or you know they're just the standard turnaround time yep. and I'll, I'll record myself doing it into my phone and i'll listen to it throughout the day and then i'll try and play it at the end of the day without looking at the the notation of the tab or whatever cool. uh, and i'll try and remind myself of it the next day so i've been doing that for three days in a row so i've been doing a peter green one a stevie ray vaughan one and a t-bone walker one all very different but it's uh, it's cool just to get like little techniques of knowing what notes fit in within the one four five. Yeah, I I love that approach though too of listening to it throughout the day. Uh, yeah. So you get a little bit of ear training, but you you also you begin to think back on like how you played it as well. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. I'm totally stealing that. Yeah, man, you're so you're you're kind of you know synthesizing it into your into your kind of vocabulary. Because I remember Griff, uh, one of our lectures said he was talking about jazz bass playing a few i think it was like last year or something he said something along the lines of all the great players or whatever in jazz uh maybe not just bass playing maybe maybe everything it's just all their playing is just maybe a you know a million 
licks that they've learned. So I'm like, okay, I got to learn more licks. So it's basically like a lick a day is kind of what I'm what I'm looking for. And it's so good. One guy I'm actually going to go to next week is uh, Jim Little, the country guitar player, because he has like these really short lessons on like just this lick. And he also has on Instagram a lick a day series. So he'll play a lick. Oh, and he'll play really? And some of them are like Green Day or whatever, but some of them are really, really nice kind of like Nashville licks. So you can kind of, Go on, go on his Instagram, and you can scroll down through, and you can see all the stuff. So that's kind of a really good way. So that's basically my goal right now. If I can't fit in an hour's practice or whatever, at least I'll learn something every day. Yeah, no, I like that. I love that approach. That's awesome. Absolutely. And what I've been listening to uh, is kind of a mixture of things right now. I'm I'm going to see uh, the band that I did that paper on. On I'm going to see Future Islands uh, this evening. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to uh, see Alt J next week. Not really a guitar band, but yeah. Uh, so kind of yeah, man. Summer's summer's good. And apart from that, what have I else have I been listening to? Not a whole lot guitar wise. Just kind of I listen to my stuff in the morning uh, when I'm learning my lick, and that that'll be it. How about you? What have you been listening to anything? Nothing new. I will say that, but I did kind of go back. I've been trying to do some writing and 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 found some inspiration in. Uh, in scale, the summit, uh, the migration, which I think was 2015, question okay. mark. But yeah, if you're not familiar with them, they're an instrumental band based out of Texas. And they sort of fall into my favorite kind of prog instrumental metal type but Do they group. gent, though? Do they gent? That is the question. Well, uh, I, I'll be interviewing uh, your man, Chris Letchford, from Scale wow. the Summit. So hopefully we'll be able to get him on the podcast, fingers crossed. That'd be great. Uh, but uh, I'll be interviewing him for my thesis, and maybe he can answer that question. But does it gent? That's, that's going to be our first question, and he's going to hang up the call. <laughs> like, the interview is over. Uh, and I hope so. Them. That would be that would be hilarious. That'd be so, great. And then uh, everybody would get to hear it too. Absolutely. So, friends, as you can tell, we do have a lot kind of planned for the podcast over the next few weeks. So, please be sure to tell your friends, any guitar nerd friends that you have. Uh, we do have some special guests lined up. Hopefully, uh, if you want to listen, we a few episodes back we had Ryan Kershaw on talking about his book, uh, using your buzz to play guitar. That was a really good interview. We've gotten a lot of good feedback about that. Oh yeah, we've got more interviews planned. Very yeah, exciting. we had. Uh, we also had Colin McAllister. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Who just did a course with the great courses to sort of get you started. Um, but if you kind of feel like it might be beneath you, which I wouldn't necessarily say it is, he'll be doing another one. I think that should be out early uh, or maybe late this year. I think is what he was telling me. So, uh, which is more like an intermediate course uh, that's going to focus a whole lot more on technique. So, see, it's all, all there if you want to go grab it. Just you know, grab, grab, grab the skills, grab the guitar, grab the. I'm, I'm, I'm just tangenting here. Just grabbing at things. At this grabbing point. at things. You're in the supermarket. You see a plum. Grab it. Squeeze it. Is it ripe? I don't know. Okay, let's let's end. Uh, I think that's rolling melons down the aisle to see <laughs> if it's ripe. Yeah, you can find us on uh, all social media platforms. Uh, you can also check out my blog, Dill Advised Ramblings. And you can also check out, uh, John, you want to plug anything? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Since we're plugging all and all things. Have a look at Silver Sound uh, Guitar. That's, that's my teaching business. 
as well with uh, my business partner, Mark Young. We've got videos and instructional content and all sorts of things. We are also on all the social medias. Just Google Silver Sound Guitar. You'll find us. Yeah, and while you're hanging out on the social media, give us a like, share, subscribe, all the other fun things. Leave a comment, uh, suggestions. If there is a technique that you are interested in us talking about, please leave a comment um, on any of those platforms. 